Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to see everyone here. Now, before we get into our lesson time this morning, can you bring, Chad, what are you doing? Bring that back. Uh, I, I had a little birdie uh, show up a while ago and give me a little slip of paper. I'm a little nervous about this because the irony, if, 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 if the information I was given is correct, uh, this is kind of an ironic thing. Uh, as we label, uh, we, we, we have a, a winner of our chili cook-off. So the very best chili in the place. Now, uh, to build the suspense, I will tell you that the second place person was entry number two, which was the steak and shake chili uh, that I believe Mr. Elijah Westrup had something to do with. So he's really excited. But our big winner is number 12, the venison chili. So could you please raise your hand if that is who I think it is. Go ahead. Uh, Nancy Pelican. Now here's the irony. We are slackers. I, I've been a slacker. And so I did not have last year's winner uh, put on the plaque. So this morning, Kerry Clanky, he basically showed up with this awesome tag from 2022 that says Nancy Pelican on it. And now we are in 2023 and Nancy Pelican will once again be out. So please come get your trophy. It's okay. The first ever back-to-back -back champion. Congratulations, Nancy. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. The cardinal way is a term that has been used by players, staff, and ownership of the St. Louis Cardinals for many years. Whether it's intentional work in the, in the minors to prepare young players physically, uh, mentally, and even spiritually for the rigors of the major leagues, or to the constant drilling on defense uh, that has made St. Louis the standard in baseball defensively for many, many years, uh, or to the way they run the bases, engage the press, and conduct their lives both on and off the field, the Cardinal way helps set them apart from other teams. The Cardinal way is every bit the uniform of a St. Louis Cardinal, as are the legendary birds on the bat. So whether we look to Stan Musial, or Albert Pujols, or Yachty, or the next generation of Cardinals, guys like Brendan Donovan, or rookie sensation Jordan Walker, it becomes clear that what makes a Cardinal a Cardinal goes beyond just putting the barrel of the bat on the ball or throwing strikes. As we continue our journey through the book of Romans, we will be looking at Romans 12, 9-13, and how we as Christians, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are to practically live out our lives in a way that brings honor and glory to Christ. I'm excited to have you guys here. I really am. It's a blessing to have this room so full. We have to keep grabbing chairs. It's awesome. Uh, excited to have you guys here as we look at the Christian way and what it means to put on Christ as our uniform each and every day. But as always, before we begin, we got to look kind of backwards to what Alan had for us last week. And if you'll remember, Alan gave us some really, really cool news. He said that God has given us all gifts. 
and, uh, and, and multiple gifts. We've all been given gifts, but those gifts that we have been given uh, divinely by our Lord, he has given us those gifts in order to build up and serve the church, that is the body of Christ. Uh, that we are giving these gifts for a purpose uh, to bring glory to him as we interact with each other here in this room. Uh, and he, get, he left us with the challenge, right? The challenge was A, to look inward, to examine yourself. What are these gifts that the Lord has given me? All right? Then to look outward, to look for opportunities to use those gifts, to begin experimenting. And, okay, well, I, I don't, uh, I love Joe Drysdale. Uh, this guy, I shouldn't work with teens. He's right. He shouldn't work with teens. <laughs> He's not the guy. He definitely wouldn't do good in the nursery. He's got his gifts are for elsewhere, you know, but to, 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 but to try, to get, get your foot in the game, get, get your foot, and then to exercise. When you find uh, where your gifts plug in, to, to, God's, then to jump in, like that kid doing the cannonball into the pool, to go all in in service to the Lord. And that's kind of where, all right, uh, that, that was the game, if you will, that we had been called into and, and that we've been called to, what, exercise? So, uh, okay, well, I can, I can feel here at shortstop. I can throw the ball really hard. You know, I throw, I got a, I got a whatever, 102 mile an hour sinker like uh, Otani. You know, I, I might want to use that in life. Okay, to, to examine, and then to, to practice. Okay, I'm going to try my different positions, and then to, to really put those things to work. But there's more than just the game. There's more than just the gifts. How do we play that game? Back to that idea of the Cardinals way. What is the Christian's way? I like how the ESV Bible has it marked, at least in my, in my Bible, uh, the marks of a Christian. That's how it's labeled. And so we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to jump right into this. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. Here we go. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. And so, we get a list. Now, I know for some people, when you see that list, it's, ah, you know, but lists are helpful. I mean, there is satisfaction when you get to mark this stuff off the list, okay? It's a really good diagnostic tool to look. Hey, have I, am I, and that, there's a beauty. There is beauty in the list. And God gives us uh, basically 11 practical principles that exemplify what it means to live your life the Christian way. It's funny that the Cardinals have actually produced a book. It's like 900 pages, all right, of expectations in a variety of different ways from, from how much you run around the base that's called the Cardinals way. And when you become, you sign the, the dotted line and you become a St. Louis Cardinal, yes, you get your uniform. Yes, you get your press conference. You get the manual. And you're expected to read and sign that I agree to play baseball the Cardinals way. This is the Christian way. So let's jump right into it. It starts with number one, love genuinely. Starts with love. Big surprise, right? Uh, big, why shouldn't it be a big surprise? Well, Jesus says this in John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, 
all people will know that you are my disciples. All right, he says, if you want to know how people are going to know you belong to me, it is this thing, if you have love for one another. Love is the number one thing on the list. And as I, I got to thinking about that and thinking about people in my life that have really, really modeled that well, uh, the first guy that come to my mind, some of you, a, lot of, a lot of folks here know, some of you don't, was, was Gene Withrow. I love Mr. Gene, and man, he had a unique, he was just such a unique conduit of the love of God. You just seen it. When you were in his presence, man, his, the love of Christ just flowed through him in a, in a tangible way. You could almost feel it. I mean, just touch it. Like, it just radiated from him, like light from the bulbs right here. I mean, he, he really was a special person. And I've thought for years and years, when I grow up, I want to be like Mr. Gene. And boy, I still got a really long ways to go there. But man, if you listen to Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. When it comes to loving people, follow Gene as he follows Christ. That was a guy who loved people in a Christ-like way. It just radiated from him naturally. We are called to love. Number two, to abhor evil. Abhor is a fancy word, right? We get into these, these fancy Greek words. Apostugeo, all right? And, and it, it carries this, this idea to dislike, to abhor, to have a horror of. Uh, here, I'll make it really simple. If you're going to love anything, truly love anything, then anything that's the antithesis of it, you're going to hate. Now, there's a fine line here, though. We are talking about evil. We are talking about sin. We are not talking about people. As uh, Next week when Alan's preaching, he's going to talk about uh, bless those who persecute you and pray uh, for, for, for your enemy. Uh, so it's not about people. But we are, when I see uh, kids dying and I see uh, uh, whatever, uh, murder and chaos in our schools, and, and boy, you could get into all kinds of different angles here. You can look at the Ukraine and what's going on over there. There's all kinds of things to hate that we should, as Christians, absolutely take a stand for. Uh, as far as that goes, in this country, man, we legislate things that are evil. We say we affirm things that are apart from God's design. Isaiah 5:20 has this to say, "Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness in light and light for darkness, who put bitter to sweet and sweet to bitter." And as I I kind of thought of like the grand picture of this, there's this fella back in World War II. Uh, some of you guys have probably read this book, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he talks about the Germans, all right? And, and as, the, as, as, the, as the, the, the church was, you know, there was churches in Germany, you know, as this, all this crazy stuff was going on. And the churches, what they would do is the trains were coming by with the Jews that were being carried off to concentration camps to die They'd hear that train, and rather than hear the train, they would sing louder their hymns in church. That is what it looks like when the church says what is evil is good and what is good and evil, and it's a terrible thing. We are called, Jesus calls us to be salt. All right, yep, we can make the things better, but a preservative. And if there is no uh, Christian morality, if, no, if there's no Christian voices speaking out into our culture, then exactly who is carrying Christ's message into this culture? We're called to abhor what's evil. Number three, to hold fast to what is good. 
right? We're going to hold fast to, to what God defines as good. We are going to cling to that. And that word, another fancy Greek word, it, it's kind of like the idea that we would get of cementing stuff together or good old super glue. It's the same, the, the, the idea to cleave as, as, as a husband to a wife. And I want you to think about it. When you take two things and you glue them together, right? And that glue cures and it dries. If you are to rip those things apart, both things are damaged, right? Both things will be damaged. They are, they are one in that, in that sense. And we are to hold fast, to cling with all we have to what is good, to what God defines as good. Just as much as we're called to abhor what is evil. Number four. I love this one. Love with brotherly affection. To love each other like a family does. I, I love that, like a family. And, and uh, you know, we all have different families. We all come from different places. We've all experienced, some of us have some really solid, amazing families that, I mean, uh, we've got legacy families, right, that have been following the Lord and faithful to the Lord for many years and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, and then we got other families, other of us, that, you know, might be the first generation or, or maybe the second generation that's trying to pursue a life for Christ. And we come from all kinds of things. What I love as the church we are adopted as sons and daughters into God's family. Look around, church. This is our family. When we have those fellowships, I mean, I can remember even in my broken, messed up family, man, family reunions were great. Look forward to those kind of things. And my goodness, we're going to go downstairs here in a little bit and we're going to have a family reunion. It's awesome. I love the body of Christ coming together. It is a beautiful thing. And we are called, we're called, as a matter of fact, Jesus, you talk about, okay, show all right, preacher boy, you're just, you got this to say. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 12, verses 48 through 50. You know, these, these, these guys come up, hey, your, your family is outside, Jesus, and they, they want you to come. You're acting crazy. Jesus' response. He replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Who is my family? And stretching out his hands towards his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. We are a family, this church. And that is a beautiful, beautiful gift of God. As far as that goes, when we have some of those uh, mess up, whatever, God is, God is correcting that. He is corrected. Just as he is, uh, he is the perfect father, he has given us brothers and sisters in Christ and all of us, and, 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 and we can grow together. And it's a beautiful, beautiful gift that we've been given. Number five, show honor to one another. And I love this little, you know, appreciation, achievement, honor, all these great things. But that bottom one, gratitude. Just being grateful for one another, being grateful for that family, you know, looking around and saying, man, I see what you did there. That's awesome. Or I see how God is working in your life and then just encouraging one another. So again, just, just look, there are plenty of reasons to be encouraging. We live in a very discouraging world that would have us scared, that would have us uh, broken, that would have us uh, divided in, in, in a myriad of different ways, but actually looking for those things. Hey, I like this about you. Youth ministry is all about that, man. You, you find these things about kids and you, you help them see. And some of it might be, oh, man, they run crazy and they don't ever listen. And uh, they got all this energy. And, okay, well, man, you got energy for service. You're, you could be a great leader. You know, and you kind of re-harness stuff. Uh, we need to be like that. 
in our lives, showing honor. I love this one, number six. Don't be lazy. Be fervent to serve the Lord. In fact, that word fervent, uh, it's, it's awesome because I don't know if you guys know, you know, 212 is the youth ministry. The reason for that name, it isn't like a Bible verse. That's what I thought at first when I first started uh, getting involved, but it, it's the boiling point for water. When water goes from being water to steam, and all of a sudden it can power locomotives, and it can, you know, steam stuff. It's, it's, it's got energy there. It's, it's, it's serving, and uh, that, that word fervent is really to boil, to boil with a desire to serve the Lord, all right? It's not that uh, I have to serve the Lord or that I have to obey what God has, has called me to do. No, no, no. I get to. Do you guys know the difference? You know, you remember being a kid? Do the dishes. Do I have to? Clean your room. Do I have? No, 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 no. I get to. We get to be a... Be- we, there was a time in our lives, everyone, if we, if we look where the truth is we did not desire to do godly things. But he did something in our hearts. He changed. As a matter of fact, this is what Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33 says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke... Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. The difference between Pharisees and us. All right, Pharisees are good rule followers because they felt like they had to. There was a lack of love. We get to. God has got it. We desire to do the right thing. We desire to follow God. We desire, and we should be excited to participate in that. That should be a mark of a Christian, that we would want to get involved. I love, I don't know if you guys know this. Statistically, all right, the way uh, uh, volunteerism works in the church, it's like three percent rule. 3% of the church does 100% of the work. That is, the, it is so far from the culture here. It is ridiculous. Uh, if I just put, if I just look at just children's and just youth, we're at about 60% of the church being involved to one capacity or another. If I put together, I mean, we have very few people not involved to one degree or another. It is an amazing thing. There is clearly something going on here and and, and a spirit of God fervent to serve, wanting to get involved. I love that. Number seven, rejoice in hope. No matter what CNN says or Fox News or, you know, every newspaper article, every email, for heaven's sakes, be careful on YouTube. There's, I mean, everybody's wanting. No, no, we have a reason to hope. and We don't have to look any further than the cross of Jesus Christ. We know who won. We know who wins. We know who holds today and we know who holds tomorrow. Is that all him? I love that. We have reason to hope. I love Psalm 147, chapter 11. Verse 11, the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, 
in those who hope in his steadfast love. Christians are marked by hope. We can go through hard times. Uh, we can, we, we've got families going through ridiculous, we got John back here with all his back pain, and we've got uh, Becky with back pain, we've got people with cancer, we've got all kinds of issues, but I will tell you, uh, communicating with every one of these people, hope is very much alive. And it doesn't take a whole lot to see people that have struggles and just quit in this culture. It is an amazing thing. God takes pleasure in those who hope. And it, it, whatever. When we're hoping, it's because we need to hope, right? Uh, which leads us to number eight, that we would be patient in tribulation. He tells us, you're going to have problems. All right. Again, Psalm 147, the very psalm that talked about God being hopeful. What does he say? He 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The same people called the hope have been brokenhearted and wounded. And the Lord our God, he's there. And he says, be patient. You're going through hard times. Yep, I told you you would go. Jesus says, I, 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 you're going to have problems in this world. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Just trust me. I'm working all things for good for those called according to my purpose. The hardest things, he's working for good. We're called to hope. Yes, amen. We're called to be patient, to trust him, to trust his timing. I love Job. You know, Job gives us the, the I mean, that's like the, the epoch picture, right, of suffering and being patient in the face of tribulation. That's about as good as you're going to get. And I love this picture that we get. Uh, as, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? And, and you guys kind of know how the story goes. A lot of bad things happen to Job. And uh, while Job has lots of questions, he never rejects God. He never turns away from God. Uh, and I like to think as we're being patient in tribulation, I've used this before, and I know it's maybe not the most sanctified illustration. However, uh, I like to think that we are just smacking him, the devil, of the accuser of our souls right in the face every single time that we are patient, that our Lord our God looks down and says, have you seen my son John? Have you seen him? And that it hurts, that it stings the, the, the one that would have our souls destroyed every single time. We are to be patient in tribulation. Number nine, pray continually. Continually. It's a constant conversation. Uh, I, I, I've heard this said years ago. I do not know uh, from who, but I just, I've always held on to it. Uh, most people use prayer like an emergency break. Oh my goodness. Oh, help God, it's a disaster. And that's not how the, the role of prayer in our life is should be the steering wheel. It should be the constant thing that we're doing. In fact, if the only time, I'm just going to throw this out there, the only time that you talk to God is when things go wrong, that's the only time, and he's a jealous God who wants your attention, what's he going to do? <laughs> what, what do you expect? What do you expect? We're called to pray continually. I love uh, Charles Spurgeon. I love this guy. It is astonishing 
what distances men can run who have long practiced. It is equally marvelous for what a length of time they can maintain a high speed after they have once acquired stamina and skill in using their muscles. Just so, great power in prayer is within our reach, but we must work to obtain it, that we must practice it. Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. The Christian way is a way of prayer. Constant reliance on God. Number 10, contribute to the needs of the saints. Uh, what a great day for this to be on the list, uh, that we are to give, to give of our time, to give of our talents, yes, to give of our resources, to give. Uh, I love this song. I, I, you know, if you, if you come to Youth Group 212, the kids will tell you I pretty much play the same band every week. I really like Need to Breathe. And they got a great song, More Heart, Less Attack. It's one of my very, very favorite songs. And the uh, line in the song, the more you take, the less you have, because it's you in the mirror staring back. We, we really don't give anything. It's not ours anyway. The world and all, all on it belongs to the Lord. We've been blessed with certain things that we are to be stewards of. We can't give anything away that I, we don't give back. Uh, for, for the folks that are going to Ninos, I can promise you they're investing some time, they're investing some resources, and every single one of those people, no matter what they do down there, no matter what tremendous thing God does through them in the lives of these kids, they're going to come back and they're going to say, man, I can't believe what God did for me down there. You cannot outgive, you cannot, you cannot do it. And even as we speak right now, we've got people down at, Potosi Correctional Center, they're giving of their time. They gave of their resources to minister to prisons. We've got things like Love the Lou, our, our, our uh, Easter project. that We still, we got, a, we got a goal out in front of us still, church. Let's, let's do something about that. Let's, let's finish that race. Let's finish that leg of that race. Uh, we've got uh, Hope of the Ozarks. You know, we've got, all, got a bunch of young people that are going. I, I encourage more people to get involved in Hope of the Ozarks. It's an amazing ministry. It's an opportunity. Uh, again, if you read the statistics on what the likelihood of young people whose parents are incarcerated, what that looks like for their futures, and how many of them follow suit, my goodness, you want to make the world a better place? Then I think ministering to those kids so that they know Christ before they fall into that pattern is an outstanding opportunity to do so. And I'm telling you, just a little bit of love goes a long, long way. Just a little bit of time. And then, oh yeah, we do have this going on today. <laughs> Got some great chili down there. I, I'm hoping to get a, 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 the last two, three years, I have not gotten the winning chili. So I'm, I'm hoping to smoke just a bite of the Nancy's chili and see what that's about. We got to serve. Really, and, and it's fun. We're going to have a good time. But what I want you to know is, whatever, we had two baptisms last year at CIY. We have five kids step up and say, you know what? I feel like the Lord's calling me into ministry. And we've got kids taking those steps. God is doing extraordinary things uh, in the lives of these kids, and that's what you're supporting. I mean, yes, it's gonna, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a blast. There'll be lots of smiles, but we're really ministering to these kids. We're providing the opportunity, and, and I am so grateful. We have a church body that genuinely knows that and loves our kids. Thank you.
all right, because it doesn't work without that. Again, this family of Christ coming together. And with that, we give, right? Number 11, seek to show hospitality. Now, as a lot of you will know, when I probably think about the word hospitality, I'm probably thinking about this. I, I like food. I like having the meals. I like to cook. I like, I really, as much as I like to eat, I really like to see people smiling. And uh, I, I love what we're about to do here because, you know, we gather at the table. There's a reason the Lord says he has prepared a table for us. There's going to be a wet, there's something special about gathering around a table and eating together. I love that, but it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, hey, how about just looking around and inviting somebody? Whether it's to dinner or whether it's to a, a game, just whatever. Just doing something to reach out and, and build woes, to be hospitable towards somebody. And, okay, hospitable is the noun, but what's the verb? To seek. In other words, uh, man, I'm, if, if, if they knock on my door at dinner time at, at 6 o'clock and they say they're hungry, I'll invite them into my house and they can sit down and uh, we'll have supper together. If they do all those things. No, that's not the idea here. The idea is we are actively looking around us, outside of us, for opportunities to bless other people. To, yeah, come eat, come eat. Uh, our church is pretty active. There's, plenty, there's some churches out there, man, wherever it's, it's a room full of strangers. We don't want to be that. We want to be that family. And again, uh, that picture of the Lord, again, at, at the table. There's something special about sitting at the table together. And we're supposed to seek. We're supposed to be pursuing those things. So, as always, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. I know everybody loves hearing that. What's the point? All right, what is the point of all this stuff? Back to our baseball metaphor at the beginning of our message. Uh, I think my favorite player on the Cardinals right now, apart from Wayno, love me some Wayno, is utility man Brendan Donovan. The Cardinals have a long history, they really do, of some really great players, great utility players. Uh, John Mabry, back in the day, was one of my favorites. Uh, but none, to me, are shine as bright as, as Brendan Donovan. Uh, as a rookie last year, he won the first ever gold glove for utility players in the National League. Uh, in fact, there were several articles written last year about the collection of baseball gloves that Brendan carries with him in order to be prepared in a moment's notice to contribute to the team as needed. Uh, in fact, the articles, the one I read, he carries four gloves, all right, four different gloves, uh, and that is not counting uh, the catcher's glove that he would need uh, since he's the backup to our backup. He's our third string catcher as well. Uh, so, or the sixth in the gold glove that he earned last year. Brennan's a man of many gloves. He has been gifted in a myriad of ways and the truth is he's been zealous to develop those gifts back to uh, examine and uh, you know, exercise, experiment. Exa- he, he has worked really hard to develop those gifts, and he works hard each and every day to give beyond 110% to serve his team well. You will always, always see him with a dirty uniform by the end of the game. There's no way that guy makes it through a game without dirt everywhere. 
all right, and a smile on his face. And I personally cannot think of a better example of what it means to play the Cardinals' way. Brendan Donovan exemplifies what that means. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he records these words of God for us in his letter to the Philippians. If there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Honor others, you guys hear that? Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Look outside ourselves. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There is simply no better example of what it means to live the Christian way than to look to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to his life, to his death, to his victory he secured for each of us upon the cross, a victory that he demonstrated in glory at his resurrection and the promise of his imminent return. Jesus loves genuinely. Jesus abhors evil. Jesus holds fast to what is good. Jesus loves with brotherly affection. Jesus showed honor to others. Jesus is fervent to serve. Jesus rejoices in hope. He rejoices when we hope. Jesus is patient in tribulation. No grander example. Jesus prays continually, even now, interceding on our behalfs at the right hand of the Father. Jesus contributes to the needs of the saints. In fact, he provides for all of the needs of the saints, even using his body, the church, to do so. You guys actively participate in that. His provision through you. Yes, we participate, but do you understand? His spirit alive in us. It is the church. It is him working through us. It's amazing that we can be part of that. Part of him providing. Jesus seeks to show hospitality uh, with every bit the vigor of a shepherd who leaves the 99 in order to pursue the one lost sheep. Jesus seeks. Jesus is the way. 
And it is absolutely no wonder that Paul will write later in Romans that we should put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That as we reject evil and cling to what is good, cling to him and his design for how we should live our lives, that empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are in a very real sense clothed in Christ. He is our uniform. He is the way, the Christian way. It is my hope and prayer today that each and every person in this place would A, know him. All right, it begins with that. You have to know him. Who do you say Jesus Christ is, right? Students, we ask that question over and over and over again. Who do you say that he is? That you would know him. That you would know the unending peace, the joy, the comfort, and freedom that comes with walking in the steps of the master, of representing him and his team, the only team that really matters in the end. His, his is the way. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, that is a... That's an awesome list. I can, I, I, with 100% confidence, I can say that as each of us consider it, we would absolutely love for every, each and every person around us that we interact with in our daily lives to exude the qualities on that list. We'd love that. Father, help us to be one of those people, to grow, sanctify us in your word and in your truth. Help us to be loving. Help us to take stands for what is right, to take stands to be vocal when things are wrong. Help us to hope, to be patient, to cling to what is good, to cling to you. Father, help us. Lord, help us to follow your pattern, your path, your way for living in this world. And Lord, in those areas where we have fallen short, Lord, please bring them to mind. Change us. Help us to repent and overcome those things. Lord, that we could be uh, better reflections of you, better reflections of your light and love in this world. And Father, if there is even one person, even one person in this room that has not yet responded to your call to salvation father i pray that you would open their ears open their hearts that today could be their day that they could begin their journey with you that they could get on the team and begin playing the christian way thank you so much for this day lord thank you uh thank you so much for this uh as we're getting ready to step into the the chili cook-off and the auction lord we pray uh that this would be successful lord that this would bless these kids and lord that you would have an eternal impact this wouldn't just be a a one-time this is an eternal impact an eternal difference in the lives not just of the kids but lord of each of us as we participate in your work as we are serving as your hands and your feet in this world thank you in christ jesus name we pray amen